everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. I'm Heidi, and that's Stefan. Together, we will be reviewing weaving through uh, the movie this week. Weaving through? Weaving through it. Weaving through it. I get it. I mean, it. I try to tie it into the I movie. I get it. I get it. Didn't do a great job. <laughs> I get it. But there was a try in there. I see. I see. This week's movie is Braid, Bro- 2018. Right. Was it 2018? I guess. I didn't do my research. Um, Braid. So we just stumbled across this movie yesterday. Yeah, Um, last night. So last night we were in a mood to just blah, you know? Yeah, and we were just browsing through different movies trying to find... 2018. All right, there you go. Browsing through different movies trying to find... Something different to watch. Um, you were sort of just messing around on your phone, and I was like, hey, look at this one. Maybe this might be interesting. Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is one of those movies that we watch without having watched the trailer, the having any information on it. We just turned it on because it was, what, on Prime? Uh, yeah, it might have been. I think it was on Shudder. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I went to Prime, and then I went to, like, Free to Me, so I don't know where it Probably. was. <laughs> I don't know where it <laughs> but, was. But um, it was pretty cool in that uh, it, it was kind of like um, just fallen, like, little happy accidents, like like the cake I baked yesterday. <laughs> what happened with the cake you baked yesterday? So today's Gormley's birthday, mm-hmm. so I baked her a rainbow cake, like... Vanilla cake with a cust- a cream custard frosting in between layers and or d- different, you know, different rainbow colors. Right. And it tasted, tastes delicious. Yeah, I've yet to have a piece, so it's I'll have to taste it after that. <laughs> like, it's so ugly because you would think equal amounts of red and equal amounts of blue would make purple, right? You would think it makes purple. Well, yeah. You learned that in kindergarten. When However, it comes to crayons, maybe. equal amounts of red and equal amounts of blue food coloring equal cement gray. <laughs> well, you're being a little hard on yourself because I'm pretty sure that all of the uh, taste testers said that it tasted gray and it didn't look half bad. It didn't look half good either. Well, yeah, I think you covered up your mistake with some white frosting and who cares? Like the yeah, intention was, was cheating, still there. Though. It was a cake I made from scratch, but it was cheating because it... Like I used like an emergency frosting I had in the in the pantry. Yeah, you're you're you've just um, you're being too hard on yourself. That's all I'm telling you. You're doing a great job. If you would have cooked ten cakes that way and they all came out the same, then I would say all right. It you was need to my up first time making it. Yeah, yeah. So, but baking is your new hobby, right? Baking is my new hobby because it makes me feel sane. Because more often than not, my bakes come out pretty good. Yeah, so um, this is like... This was like the first time that I kind of fucked up on one, and it was just because fucking purple. And um, well, generally, I mean, they always taste good, but this was my first fuck-up one. And when I made your birthday cake from scratch, mm-hmm. it was divine. Yeah. Like, I do a good job with them. Just this one was... I, the thing is, I don't have all the tools people usually have when they're icing and frosting and stuff. I just have... Like, I don't even have a hand a hand mixer... I, don't, I sure as hell don't have a, a KitchenAid. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the things take a little bit more time and, and you know, whatever. But Well, desserts are harder than just meals, per se. So, you know, I'm like, pretty good with meals, I mean. Right, yeah. So I wouldn't beat yourself up over it. It's I think you did a good job. 
um, again, you're trying so many new things and that's great. This pandemic has brought a new skill uh, to your repertoire, something else you could put on your resume, you know? So, so far for, um, for my updated resume during the quarantine, it's bass, right? Yep. I'm a bassist now. Bass. In your face. Dun, dun, dun. Damn it. I messed it up. <laughs> uh, bassist, um, uh, front-end developer, um, seamstress, pattern maker. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, Lots of new skills. Baker and avid TV watcher. I, well, that was strange. Did it die? What's... I plugged it into, uh, so, oh, Jesus Christ, that is hot, hot, hot. So for all you audio listeners out there, because we're going to just leave this in, uh, my light just went off, and it's a new light we got, one of those ring lights. It's a USB, and I plugged it into the Apple phone box, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it seemed to be working fine, and now it's shut off. So let's try this. Go ahead and plug that into the back of that laptop. Don't burn yourself. And let's see if that turns back on again. We're leaving this in here, by the way. Are we? Okay, yes, we are. Up. I have to go to mechanically. All right. Um, when you get back up, there's the... Ugh. These are old people noises. Fear not. I'm fine. Down by your feet. Just old. Okay, let's see. No? Oh, wait. On. Yeah. Boom, there you go. That might be... Uh, I pressed all the buttons except yeah. for on. Turn it down I like... I can't uh, see. Here, I'll do it. I can't reach. We're having technical difficulties. All right, well, it's probably fine, but you, if you can, just push the minus and make it a uh, little bit dimmer. It's like bright, bright, bright in my eyes. All right, that's fine. Just leave it. That one? Yep. Are you sure? Yeah. Click it down a few more times, maybe. Okay, there. That's good. I minus I got down. All right. Okay. <laughs> now. So we learned something new. This is probably a directly to USB, or we might need a different type of box, whatever. That iPhone box seemed to have shut this thing off due to overheating. Interesting. To be fair, it's the light that we're using for my baking channel. Oh, yeah, right? Heidi gets baked or something like that? <laughs> oh, no, get baked with Heidi. Get baked with Heidi, okay. Yeah. You need I to mean, have some sort of 420 weed element in there. Well, I was planning on having... Baked. Okay, so here is the format. Get baked with Heidi. I do the baking. Yeah. You get baked. Okay. And we discuss... I can teach you about serial killers. Well, there you go. We've got a new channel opening up and a brand new... I don't know what is it probably not podcast but more of like a video blog baking channel yeah whatever so you'll see it on I'll get baked she's gonna bake and we'll uh, discuss serial discuss killers. serial killers all right so Sounds check it fun. out it's um, get baked with Heidi all right cool um, awesome uh, we're not gonna do the rainbow cake I fucked up oh we probably will do the strawberry short and no, what is it, the the berry short cake that I made tonight. You like that, right? Yeah, that was actually really delicious. I think that uh, that one also came out amazing. Uh, we just need to fine tweak some of the elements. Although it was really mixer. hot in here, so I made the whip the the, the uh, whipped cream by hand. Yep. And I tried to use your hands because men have more use of certain <sighs> muscles in the wrist, but it was just too hard. <laughs> Phrasing. <Yeah>. Boom. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you, you, you got to really have momentum. 
But um, so I think my I think for my birthday I decided what I want. What you want? I want either a hand mixer or a kitchen aid um thing. When you say a hand mixer, is that a hand mixer? Like they're the ones. Oh, that the one that you hold in your hand with the little. Yeah, we used to call them egg beaters or something yeah, like that. that yeah, one. yeah. Like that's what I want for my birthday. Yeah. All right, I got you. The kind that you click off the two little things and you can. But don't buy me one. Okay. Sure, no problem. No, seriously, don't buy me one. <laughs> Why? Because you already got one coming. No, because Gormley says she thinks she has one, and she oh, doesn't okay. cook or bake yeah. or anything like that. So. Oh, well, gotcha. So yeah. Anyway, that's right. Your that, birthday's coming up around the corner. It is. Mm-hmm. Got to think it of something. It's something in, to get you. I don't know. It's actually it's like far away. It's like three weeks. That's not far. Three weeks in 2020. Look at where we're at already. September almost. I, almost yeah. Holy shit. So we started in in April, well March, right? Kids have been indoors since March. Yeah. I think oh. a lot of people are going crazy. I mean, I started baking. <laughs> I don't even like desserts. Yeah. What are you uh <laughs> drinking over there? I am drinking <clears throat> Cafe Cubano. Cafe Cubano sounds very Miami. Well, so when we went to Miami, <laughs> I got hooked on it, but they, it's the guy who made it on the street for us, like made it from Pilon, which is the coffee, and I can't find it in L.A. Yeah. And I tried La Llave, which is a decent... Um, I wonder why, though. I mean, is it just... Uh, I think it's, it's just so because it's like regional, Southern, maybe? Southern uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. I don't know. But I posted on Instagram um, at the mighty... No, wait, at underscore mighty underscore Heidi. And... Um, I posted on Instagram, like, my little espresso um, thing bubbling up. And I'm like, it's my favorite part. I just can't find the coffee. And Jenna sent me six packs of, who lives in Miami, um, sent six packs of uh, a pilon coffee, some crackers, mm. some panes, drawings, yeah. and these little cups. Nice. So. Um, this one's full of lipstick right now, currently. So, but, <laughs> but they're so cute. And that's what I'm drinking. Cool. Um, I want to stay awake. I gotcha. Yeah, we're we're back to podcasting at night. By the way, that one one episode where we were like podcasting in the daytime was just a little mishap, maybe. And I don't also, know. it was really hot. It. Well, yeah, it's very hot. Hopefully, it's going to cool down within the next week or so. But well, it has been pretty back, hot. Yeah, the kids are back in school now, so they're like going to sleep at a decent hour. Meaning, are they? Well, I mean, uh, it's eleven o'clock, so they'll go to sleep soon. Not my kids. My kids are good. <laughs> but um kids are going back to school my kids start school on monday yeah which means that they're just going to be at home because it's distance distance learning right um it's a little weird a little bit um what is the registration and, oh. and and scheduling the zoom calls and they're doing a block scheduling so i had to create calendars and you know which was fun because i got something to do but um, it's going to be interesting for sure. All right. Well, interested to hear your next update on that. <laughs> um, so yeah, braid. Okay. You don't have anything? I don't know. I mean, like not really. Check um, out his album. 
Yeah. The website yeah. is dti.band. You can also stream it on iTunes or Apple, Apple, whatever, Apple all, Music, all them, Spotify, really anywhere. The album is called Defy the Ignorant, and it mm-hmm. is fucking badass. Yeah, it's pretty badass. I'm happy with it. Yeah, uh, I really like it. I, again, if you want just a blurb of it, like if you just want like little trials, check out the takeover, check out mosquitoes, mostly check out mosquitoes, which is my favorite one. But then there's also dangerous environment, which is like the first single, right? Yeah. That's the one that I kind of decided to release as a single. We're actually, we should be getting a little radio edit of it out soon. I don't know. I mean, you know, nowadays, (laughs) yeah, right. You got to watch your mouth if you really want to be on like mainstream shit. And to be honest with you, I don't really care for mainstream shit. To be honest, you don't curse that much. I think that's my influence. I am the cursor. For me, in a song, it's 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 like um, it doesn't have to be there, but if it makes sense to be there, like a sentence enhancer. Yeah, yeah, and that's really what it is. Is mostly sentence enhancers. I mean, some people like to be dirty just to be dirty, and that's cool. Um, it's also sort of like the movies we watch. Some of them are just over the top and gory just to be gory and just you know like shock you, um, and that's cool, you know. Uh, but anyways, the point of it is is that the whole album's out. There will probably be a radio edit for those people that don't want to hear the word fuck. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've I've got still some videos that I need to be uh, finishing up and putting out in the works. And, and you're busy um, then. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's about it. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm out of updates at the moment. Um, so. so you mentioned dirty for the sake of dirty yeah. and I just want to rant for a second right. as I do, as rant. I want to do, um, wet ass pussy. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about this the other day and I just want to touch on it a little bit. Um, Cardi B and Megan B. Stallion, who by the way is fucking gorgeous, like all right, ass Stallion. Do you ride with... No. I mean, does that make sense? I don't know. Leave it in. <laughs> um, they have the song, WAP, mm-hmm. W-A-P, Wet Ass Pussy. And it's not about a kitten drowning, thankfully. It's about a woman coming into her sexuality or owning her sexuality. And, and we talked about it because there are a lot of people attacking them. But even like one... I don't know what he was a senator, congressman. I don't know what it was, but he was like, I accidentally listened to it. Yeah, bitch, you accidentally listened to it. Who was condemning it, saying it's too vulgar. It's too vulgar. But all our lives, we've had male-dominated music, right? And they always talk about how many chicks they're fucking, you know, running trains, all this shit. Okay, you have to put it into a category, though. I'm not saying that... Uh, I'm not trying to be the person on the opposing side, but we're so talking about be. no. But I know, but you have done. You're saying men making songs. That's a very no, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm not saying men only make songs. That's incorrect. That would be incorrect because we have amazing women songwriters. No, 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 no. I understand, but what producers. I'm talking about is the 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 people that you're speaking about and the the examples okay. are a specific type of song and a specific type of artist who makes a specific type of music. Because, I mean, there's plenty of rap songs that don't talk about that. Correct. There's also plenty other songs that aren't rap that have nothing to do with Correct. being vulgar. There are so, also... Wait, Will Smith doesn't have to rap to sell records, but I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. Right, oh, curse to fuck. sell records, right. right. But, but 
but and I and I do want but I just want to say this. I'm not saying that men shouldn't curse and stuff in their songs. I don't give a shit. Obviously, right? Cuz that's who the fuck cares. But I feel like people should stop trying to make artists responsible for the upbringing of their children. Yeah. You know, that was the part that I was trying to get that's to. That's the bigger part. You know, right. that's the bigger part. That's what I want to get to. It's it's not about men doing this, women doing this. It's not it. Like let a woman own her sexuality. I love that this song is out. I love the song, um, maybe because more of the symbolism versus the actual song, but the song's pretty good. You haven't listened to it yet, right? Yeah. But the point that stuck to me was, if you don't want your children exposed to it, don't fucking listen to it around them. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes back, and I know that there's some parents who are like, well, I, I don't want to have to, you know, I don't, I, how do I say this? It's inevitable. Yeah. Everything's inevitable. My kids know how to curse because I have a dirty ass mouth and they go to public school. Of course they curse, but they know that they're not allowed to curse outside the house. They know not uh, like like originally they weren't allowed to curse except for sporting events. You know what I mean? I think that parent um, your children. Right. I think that you're right that there shouldn't be, you know, um, the seesaw, uh, the the scale of it, the seesaw, the scale of it should be equal. I mean, you weren't wrong. The men people, uh, the men people, man, I'm all flustered right you now. You want some more coffee? No. I think I What I'm I trying to say is hitting. that a lot of the mainstream people did not accept even the men who did that. Although, yes, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, this goes along with even the movies that we watch. A lot of the 80s movies, including some that we watched recently, are very uh, gratuitous in the nudity and the sex and all that. It's because mainly men were making the, the movies and they wanted to get boys and, and other people into the movie theaters. And how do you do that? You show a nice pair of tits on screen. I mean, so, they're not wrong. But the thing is is that a lot of it, we're talking about like a mainstream versus underground we're talking about like people who are um trying to live a conservative uppity lifestyle who say for example in their own life that they don't curse or that they're very like above other people that are like dirty Great. and vulgar and there's and all nothing that. wrong with them existing there's nothing wrong with them raising their children no. that way but don't put the responsibility for your children's right. moral compass on Artists. Sure. I'm not even going to say entertainers. They're, yes, they entertain you, but they're artists. They, they craft their passions, you know? So just don't make it that. Right. And just, I want to, it reminded me of, the reason I brought it up also was because it reminded, I was in the shower and I was thinking about this. When I was in fifth grade, um, there was a boy named Nathan and a boy named Henry in our classroom. Henry was the bully and Nathan was like the cool whatever guy, right? Who sat next to me. And he was writing and he was writing up lyrics and the, the teacher, Miss Mitchell, did I tell you about the teacher who threatened to hit me with a hammer? Um, well, that maybe. was her. Okay. Uh, she, um, she caught him writing lyrics and she's like, well, now you're going to have to perform it. And so Henry to back up Nathan, uh, had to sing it in front of the classroom. Guess what song they sung? Mm, it ain't no fun. If the homies can't have none. Worse. <laughs> what? Uh, hoochie, uh, hoodra, hoodra, hoochie mama, <laughs> she ain't but a hoochie mama. Freak Me Baby by Silk. Okay. Which one was let that again? Let me lick you up and oh, down. let me lick you up and down, right. And, I'm, yeah. and I, it, it was hilarious to us, but understandably, some of the kids there probably hadn't heard the song, and they're like, what the hell are they talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Right, obviously. So the kids are going to get exposed to it, but what you're, it's your responsibility as a parent to set them up for success in those scenarios. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I well, know. I'm just saying that I think that, you know, 
sure, Cardi B and Megan, whatever her name is, is getting. Uh, they're getting ridiculed for it now. And yes, they're women, so they're getting some more backlash, even though men have gotten away with it. But at the time, though, too, and throughout history, even the men that did it also were ridiculed. Nobody embraced it full on. What we're saying is that there should be some sort of embrace because it's art and and um, you shouldn't have censorship over art. You know what I Correct. mean? So Correct. Nobody's out there putting, you know, fig leaves over you know, ancient sculptures. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. The, but- the one thing though, that I do feel, and this isn't a, to the artists, I'm saying it's basically to the marketing teams that a lot of the songs nowadays that are very raunchy and vulgar are still somewhat marketed towards the youth or kids. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm saying there shouldn't be censorship, there still needs to be some sort of level. Parents of, need to be able yeah. to parent their their kids. But most parents are not, even though they say they are, they're not that good. Well, and, then that's their problem, right? They but but they're not going to sit there and blame themselves, even though they not. should. They're going to blame everybody not. else in of society, they will. and they're going to blame the artists first and foremost. It's almost like when Columbine happened. You know, people were blaming Eminem and Marilyn Manson mm-hmm. and all that. And I mean, it's not the artists. That, that, you know, when Mortal Kombat came out, they were blaming that game for being an influence on kids to do violent stuff. I but mean, ever since that game, you know, I've been uppercutting people into the next dimension. <laughs> <laughs> so the, all I'm saying is you're right. There shouldn't be censorship over art. And these girls are getting in the hot seat right now. They chose to make the song. They knew they were, what they were going to, what they were up against. It's just that there are a lot of like, say, six to 10 year old girls who are also like, getting into this without even realizing or knowing what it is. And maybe some of them are, are, you know, maybe it is influencing some of these kids to be a little bit more raunchy before they should be. We all have to admit that Absolutely. when it comes to like drugs and alcohol and sex and all these things, that there should be um, a, an age where you can come into uh, yourself and become able to blossom. And if you're below that age, I mean, nobody really wants, you know, a 10, 12 year old to be like, I'm smoking weed, bitch, and all that. Right. That said, the murder kids are out, like outside, like twerking. And yeah. Shit. And, but that's what I'm saying. And, As an and, adult male, that doesn't, it's not something I'm into, but I also don't want to walk out my front door and have to like see that yeah. shit. But that's what the problem is, is the parents aren't, you know, really right. whatever. So, I, I mean, ultimately, it's, Parents need to parent their children and stop trying to force artists to raise their children. Going back to this podcast being movies, that's why we have there's a rating system. None of those movies that are that bad. There's a rating system for music as well. Yeah, but it's not like enforced and by either people or whatever. But when you want to go to a movie theater, you have have to be eighteen and up to get it unless you're sneaking in. When you want to buy an album, yeah, sure. You have to. Okay, so but but I have two kids. Both of them always have had the restrictions on their phone as soon as they got their phones. And my kids, because of issues with, you know, baby daddy, they have had their own phones for a very young age, like too young, honestly. Um, but because, you know, whatever reasons, um, they've always had parental controls. When they wanted to listen to music, it's always age appropriate or it's radio edits or whatever it is. And that's what it was. It wasn't until they hit a certain age where I'm like, I'm trusting you. Here are the keys. You know, but my kids are different. My kids, um, they understand, you know, being respectful. They understand um, yeah. there are certain things that, yes, we joke around the house and curse in the house all the time, but they're not allowed to do that outside because you have to respect other people. We say, fucking Jesus, we pretend to hail Satan all the time. But, you know, we know not to do certain things outside of our ridiculous household. Right. 
Anyways, we're I think we're talking a little bit too long on this topic because Wait, the thing I do want to say about the, about the song. Um, I find that the song's like super empowering, um, and I like that they're taking back. You know, like it, it's there's some hoes in this house. They're taking that and they're owning it, and I find that to be beautiful. And they just um, the whole video is just strong women just sharing what they like. I like okay. this. I like that. I like this. This not so much. You know, and sure. and that's it takes women a long time sometimes to figure out what they like and don't like, um, especially if they've they've been um, if they're survivors of abuse at some stage. It takes almost a lifetime to figure out what a woman actually wants sexually and what they think they want based on things that have been, you know, forced upon them. Or society has forced upon them. So I find it to be very important, this song, or just the idea of this song, um, because of the simple fact that a woman coming into her own, a young woman coming into her own can say, I can make decisions based on what I like and what I don't like, not all these other reasons. You know, for myself specifically, it took me a long time to understand what I want sexually versus what was forced on me. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so I, I find that to be very important. And I, and I love that there's something out there that says, and you know, I know today's, this is like a new age because there's things on the internet and stuff, right? There's porn, whatever, but there's the ability to, to really find your own space within yourself and get to know yourself and, and figure yourself out. And that is a very powerful step. A lot of women don't get the chance to do that. So I just, I'm hoping that men can understand or that you can understand. Just one person can understand that this song is important for those reasons. That's fine. I can understand that, but I probably would hate the song if I heard it because as a musician, I don't think that they're that great. I think that Cardi B is, is lower fifth. She's not a great fucking lyricist and a rapper like everybody says. She has a niche and it works for her. And that's great. There's other people that have done that in the past, but her mentality, the way she speaks, whatever. She's not my cup of tea. And that's fine. Everybody she else. She doesn't have to be. Right, exactly. Yeah, I happen to I happen to enjoy her music. I can only name maybe like four or five songs, but yeah. well, I happen to enjoy her music. She, it is that, a niche, just like our podcast is. Sure. Only certain people like The thing like is, it. will it stand the test of time? That's yes. the, well, I can tell you from what I see, it most likely won't. And that's just what my opinion is. I get that. But... There's many if songs. Said that about, I wonder if people said that about Nancy Sinatra and Donna Summer and Madonna and right, well, Anita Howard. If people are still playing that stuff on the radio 10, 15 years from now, or not even on the radio, but within their playlists and all that, then, you know, okay, the proof is in the pudding. The thing is, the proof in the pudding with most rap artists that are even super popular, such as Lil Wayne, Drake, and uh, all these other guys, whatever, is that you listen to their song for a month or two or three, and then you move on, and they keep putting out expendable songs. It's like fast food menu versus going to a gourmet restaurant. You go to a gourmet restaurant or something, you eat a meal that's fantastic, you'll think about it years later and be like, whoa, remember when we went to that restaurant? You're not gonna be like, oh, remember when we went to McDonald's that day and got that fucking 99 cent burger? Man, that was the best. You don't I think- I don't know, I've had some good memories in McDonald's like <laughs> at 3 a.m. <laughs> well, there you go, that's, that's what it is. 
All I'm saying is that uh, from my personal musical level and what I see, it's not that interesting to me what they're putting out. The subject matter, fine. And I'm all, totally all for not censoring artists. And sure, that song's going to do great in the strip clubs when they open back up again. <laughs> but it's not my cup of tea. And that's just my personal opinion. Well, luckily, I drink coffee. Cool. <laughs> I used to say... I like my men like I like my coffee. I don't drink coffee. And then I started drinking coffee. So Okay. Now, well, it's, now it's ground up and in the freezer. So you want to tell me about this movie, Braid? <laughs> so we watched Braid. And let me tell you, you have to watch it. Like, no matter what we say, you have to watch it. It's insane. Well... Okay. We're going to have a little bit of a difference of opinion on this movie as well. So okay. That, that's so okay. The movie is called that's what Braid. it's all about. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. And <laughs> people should be able to get along and talk amongst themselves and conversate and view. Converse. Conversate is not a word. Uh, whatever. I don't care. Converse. Fine. They need to converse amongst themselves and have civil conversations on why one person has one view and another person has another view. Simple as that. And this movie, to me, was... Did it suck? It was visually intriguing. There were some parts of it that were okay. But... And then at the end, when I did sort of figure out where it was going, I, I get it. But I just... There was some parts that just didn't really hit home for me. But go ahead. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Braid. Well, in Spanish, is trenza. Which is, I think it's beautiful. This is Spanish? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> just like, I'm just going to get my Spanish in there. I mean, I have to be Spanish. <laughs> um, it's from 2007. I'm sorry. 2018. Whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cafe Cubano? I had four. Four espressos. Four? Wow. Wired, huh? A little bit. All right. All right. Let's do this. Um, and it is... Sorry, I'm going to have my phone out. It is directed by Mitzi... Perione, 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 mm -hmm. um, who wrote, she wrote and directed it. And it stars uh, Madeline Brewer, uh, Imogen Waterhouse. I like that name, Imogen. Do you know any of these girls? Um, not personally. And Sarah Hay. And they play, uh, well, we'll get into it. Um, and the movie is about, <sighs> the movie is about mental health. Okay. Which is the scariest thing of them all. Okay. As you know, if you if you avidly listen to our podcast, we talk about the psychology the psychology behind the more trippy movies, and we will do that tonight, okay. motherfuckers. Um. Yeah, there's a mental health aspect for sure. There's um. There's a lot of little things in this movie that. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 you have to take the lead here because honestly, I, I don't think it again hit me that much. And I maybe it's just because again, there's certain things that I just felt like weren't very relatable to me. Possibly because it was written by a woman. I'm not trying to say that that that's the reason why, but possibly why. Did you hear my response? Yeah, I hear it. But uh, I'm gonna say what I say. So the movie starts off with. These girls doing drugs, which that I'm all on board with. So the movie starts like this. Yeah. There, there is a clearing in the woods and a grave being dug. 
And there are three girl bodies being buried um, by these other three women. And the three girls, they're like, I don't know, at least like like 20 year olds. And they're holding each other, but very much looking dead. They're holding each other and getting covered with dirt. They are dead and buried. You don't know that song? No. All right. Um, So, and that's just the intro. And, you know, you're getting, you know, it's like the opening credits and stuff. But then it goes into, and now this is in Canada, right? I don't know. It's set in Canada, I think. I don't know. I didn't catch the setting. Um, But it did seem like they were speaking English, but they were... Yeah, they said Montreal at some point. Oh, did they? Okay. So, um, then there's two girls. There's... I don't know. Petula and Tilda. Petula and Tilda. Now, Petula is blonde. She is um, the more assertive. And then Tilda is the one that's kind of, you know, just... The ginger. She's the ginger and she's, um, she's kind of just meek and, and being taken care of very much a child, but you know, they're again in their twenties and they're in this crack den and they are counting out their, you know, their drugs that they're going to sell that apparently was fronted and they figure out, Oh, it's going to come out to like $80,000, $82,000 or something like that. And then suddenly it gets raided. The place gets raided and they make a break for it and they get away. Mm -hmm. Now, See, I already have issues with that scene. I just didn't tell you yet because I was saving it for the podcast. But, Give it to me. Well, again, probably Let it be noted ri- that I'm switching pro- probably over to written. Wine. This doesn't have to do with the fact that she's a woman, but probably written from someone who's never been in a raid before, because those girls just snuck out the back window and took off, right? Anybody who knows anything about raids knows that the first thing that the cops do, they surround the area and the perimeter. You're not getting out a window. You're not getting out of there. They were banging on the door. Let us open the door now, whatever. We're giving you to the, whatever, the count of three or whatever they say. And the girls get to jump out the back window and make it away. Not exactly how it would have gone down in real life. But okay, this is movie. It's a fantasy. So let's, let's say they get away. And they, next thing you know, they're on a train. And they're trying to go somewhere. We don't, I don't know, they're uh, in whatever their destination is. They've jumped on a train. They also have no tickets from what we find out. Right. So, okay, they get away. And, and I'll touch on that. Hold on. Okay, fine. Go Continue. ahead. Well, they do, so the first thing is one of them goes to the bathroom or something and she's on the phone or something like that. And the With ticket. Coco. Yeah, with Coco, the drug dealer. But she, the, the the ticket guy sees her go to the bathroom, so he's, like, already, But he like, recognizes her. Right, he recognizes her. So now he recognizes her. Long story short, he goes in and makes a deal with her. But, like, it's this whole dominatrix thing. So she must have been, like, a cam girl or something like that that does, like... Okay, so you have a lot of big feelings here, so hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Whoa. Um... <laughs> The girls get away, yes. They get on the phone with Coco, the guy who fronted them the drugs, and he's given them 48 hours to get their money, to get his money. Um, even though he said that she, um, not Tilda, Petula has already stated that they had to leave everything behind and they miraculously got away. They even admit that they miraculously got away. Now, they get on a train because they're heading over to Daphne. Daphne? Daphne. Yeah. Oh, that's her name. Daphne. Yeah, I thought you were telling me like what city they're going. They're going to, to Daphne. Yeah, they're going Canada. to Daphne's house. <laughs> now, to, okay, wait, 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 wait,
One second, please. Go ahead. Okay. Um, they get on the train and there are um, a few other passengers there. Uh, Petula is in the restroom or heading to the restroom, but Tilda is sitting there by herself, very childlike. Um, a, a woman tries to sit next to her. She pickpockets her, unafraid of consequences. Uh, at some point, some man is staring at her and she kind of pretends to flirt with him and then gives him a, what are you doing kind of thing. And those things come in, uh, they are important for later. So that's only I'm noting them. Um, as Petula is heading to the bathroom, the train, whatever, the guy, the ticket collector recognizes her and follows her into the bathroom where she had been talking to Coco. She talks to Coco and that's where he gets all information. Anyway. When she's, when they, they do make a deal, a deal, he goes, he calls her, you're Mrs. Whatever. And then she goes, I'll give you 20 minutes or something like that. They figure out a time because it's going to cost $80 for both of each, for both of them to get to where they were going. Well, so, before, yeah, like you kind of feel like that this guy's going to be the, uh, like, he's going to basically get, get one over on the girls. Like, oh, well, it's going to cost you double because there's two of you. In reality, he's licking her boot or whatever the fuck it is. Like, so she's not going to lose out on that. She's in the upper hand. There's no harm done there. It's a pathetic pussy ass man who's on his knees licking the girl's shoes. Like, it's but not some like people he's are into it. So no judgment. Ah, okay. Whatever. I like boots, but I don't like to lick them. But, you know, it's just saying like the scene was almost set up like this guy's going to say like, ha you got to give me an extra blow job for your friend, too. And she was, like, going to have to do something that she didn't want to, something disgusting. Reality, she still had the upper hand. So, again. Right. So, it ends up she's, like, a dominatrix cam girl, yeah, right? Probably, yeah. So, they make it to their destination. Um, the plan is they're going to go to Daphne's house, who is their mentally unstable friend who has a fortune. And what they're, the, what they're going to try to do is they're going to find her safe, rob her to pay back Coco, and then make a break for it. Now, when they leave, they get out of the train station, they run into this homeless man that that tells Petula, you always keep coming back, you witch. That's important for later. Yeah, that was important. I didn't catch that part right there because the guy kind of looked like Otis from I know. Uh, <laughs> I was more distracted. House of a Thousand Wait, Corpses. Are you so Otis? Yeah, he kind of like he kind of looked like him, but then not really, but You know what? It yeah. ha- it was like the 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 brow and the nose was very Otis like. Yeah, yeah. What's, Let's see. They did, I think, at one point in time before we got to this point in the movie, show a scene of the the girls when they were younger, right? The three girls in a treehouse playing some, uh, or did that not happen yet? I don't know. I'm going to go just broad strokes because I've only seen, I only saw the movie once last night and I haven't actually done too much research into it, but I do have, it is a fucked up movie, so I I do want to talk about it and make sure that we talk about it soon. Um, Well, we do at least establish some sort of relationship between the girls, and that's who this Daphne is. Right, so the the girls grew up together. They play this game where there's rules. There's, you know. First rule is you do not talk about Fight Club. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Second rule is you don't (laughs) talk about Fight Club. Uh, Uh, So, so go ahead. They're going to go to Daphne's house, but in order to kind of to be able to break into the safe, they have to play her game because she's a little mentally unstable. Uh, her grandparents just died and she has, doesn't have a caretaker yet. So they're seizing the, the moment on that. Right. So, um, they, they have a game. We don't know what the game is. All we know is they change into this other style clothing, a little bit more, uh, yeah, one, a little bit more. Um, one is very dressed like a man or very manly because suspenders. they're playing. Yeah, they're playing the, the doctor. And then the one's dressed up like a little girl. Little girl, right? Um, now the rules are. 
the first rule, well, you hold probably on, have on. to find them. Yeah, hold I think on, the first rule is everybody must play. Yeah, everybody must play. Let's see. Hold on. The second rule is no outsiders or something, and I don't know. We'll have to get to the, the third rule. Just Google braid movie rules. <laughs> You're going to get like a fan page. <laughs> <laughs> braid movie rules. So, yeah, there are rules, but then there are also set figures. Petula is the doctor, but she, interestingly enough, plays a doctor as a dude, mm-hmm. not as a girl. Right. Um, Daphne plays the mother, but like she chooses like this, what, 1940s, very much like defined gender role, like wife. She's the mother, not the wife, the mother. And then Tilda is the daughter, very bratty, you know, sometimes obedient daughter. And those are the roles they have to play. In fact, when Petula and Tilda get there, they have to hide their phones and anything that's modern. And they hide it in a mailbox. In a mailbox. They, like, chain it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like that they did show the girls when they were younger because there was an accident where they threw the other girl out the thing. And that sort of establishes the fact that Daphne is sort of okay. nutsy and not, like, uh, all there. Uh, yeah, there is that. But can I just finish this really quick, what sure. I'm saying? Okay. Um, there are the rules. There's um, everyone has to play, no one leaves, and nobody ever gets out. Those are very important rules, and they are followed throughout the entire movie. Um, we do understand that uh, Daphne, um, the, the one who's mentally ill, at some point, that with all the flashbacks, she has fallen out of a treehouse uh, that the girls were playing in at some point, and it left her so damaged that she's unable to conceive children. Right. Hence her um, obsession with being the mother. Right. Um, so we'll go through the movie and, but that's also very important. So write that down. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, um, they, uh, Tilda goes in, um, Petula goes in and they, and they play this role of, you know, let's, let's just be these people and without missing a beat, like Tilda gets in and they haven't seen her obviously in a while. They haven't seen Daphne in a while. Uh, Tilda comes in on her own and says, mom, I'm home. I'm hungry. And without missing a beat, she's like, okay, let me make you a sandwich. She makes her the most fucked up peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like all torn, kind of like super childlike, like just splattered all over the place. Smashing it together. Chops it into like four triangles. Which was weird. Well, the little kids used to eat four triangles, no? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I think some did. Uh, But, um, and then afterwards, the doctor, Petula, comes in and she examines Tilda. Now, when Tilda's reflexes don't... um, when she uses the reflex hammer, yeah, when that doesn't, doesn't do work. anything, she gets like a, a meat tenderizer and smashes her knee in. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, whew, these girls are pretty fucking sadistic. And that carries throughout because they do really fucked up shit to one another. Um, yeah. Well, I was at this point in time in the movie without knowing anything else. I was like, if these two girls are that badass, whatever, and they know that this other girl's crazy and has a fortune, why don't they just go in and bum rush her and just like beat her with the meat uh, tenderizer. Because they don't know where the oven is. Yeah, but is. if they beat I mean, the, the shit oven. out of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like a true woman over there. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a joke. It's a joke. Um, it's because you're doing a lot of baking these days. Right. I'm saying, though, 
if they could have just got wiped her out, they could just st- check the whole house up and down. It seems like a place there's nobody else living there. Nobody else stops by. Like, why go through the pr- process of playing the game when you could just bash her head in and search for the fucking safe without being bothered? Well, the movie is very bright and the visuals are amazing. The camera work is divine. Like, there's so much like good freakouts for the sake of it being freaky that I enjoyed it anyway. Um, so we go through their whole, you know, um, the games that they play at some, at one point, Daphne punishes them for something. And, and, um, Petula gets like the Joker cuts on her, on her face. Yeah. Well, this is because they've already tried to, they've tried to run away. Yeah. So at one point, um, Daphne understands what they want. And so she gives Petula a riddle and says, if you figure this out, if you figure this out, you can, um, you can leave. And so she figures it out. She finds the safe. She takes the money. She goes and gets Tilda and they run away. And when they get to the road, Daphne hits them with a the car and as punishment, because she said, you can go, but not Tilda, you could leave because she was trying to take her baby from her. Right. And that's when Tilda gets her eyes cut open this way, uh, up and down, kind of like a sad clown. And then um, Petula gets her face ripped open with the... Anyway, um, so that's freaky. Um, There's also, like, a trippy scene. Yeah, well, before before we get to that, too, though, there is a a police officer who is... Or a detective of some sort who is introduced in the flashback, but then also you see that he's uh, older now. Um, He obviously was involved in the case when the uh, the girl was pushed out of the tree. But now that he's older, he's still had this like thing where he's been trying to find them. Yeah, Officer Siegel or something? Yeah, he's been trying to get a hold of them and find them. I think he has their like mugshots on his refrigerator. Yeah, and the mugshots that's endangered. Does it? Yeah, Yeah. that's strange. But, you know, so you kind of get at least this other character set up where, you know, he's got this longer history with these girls, but he hasn't really been able to solve the case or whatever. So anyways, yes, there's a, they, they start tripping out, um, on, I guess what they said. Well, first of all, they argue about like, excuse me, splitting the stash. And she's like, well, I'm not going to give you all of mine, you know, whatever. And, uh, did they say, I think they said it was speed or PCP. Uh, Vicodin at first. No, no, no. She's like, no. She thought it was Vicodin. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Tilda thought it was Vicodin, but the other one says that's not what it is. And she says it's PCP. Um, it's not actually Vicodin. And that's when they both start tripping out. Yeah. That's when, um, that's when we find the rest of the story. Uh, that's when we find that the detective had come and tried to question them. Um, the, the they tripping question s- them. They I'm sorry. Quest- I, I wanted to go back to the tripping sequence real quick. Okay, go ahead. I think the visual visuals on the tripping scenes were really good, but it was very reminiscent of more hallucinogenic drugs as opposed to PCP, which is more like speed. It's like you'll stay up for weeks or whatever, but you know, you're going to be tweaking out. You're going to be like, it's not so much. i personally have never tried it, but I know that the way they interpreted it was as if it was very hallucinogenic and very vivid and visual. And I question whether or not, again, the writer director has actually ever experimented with any kind of drugs because I feel like it was very amateur from the way it was written. It didn't seem like she's ever been in a raid or done drugs. She just used those as 
parts of her story without actual experience. That's that my take on it. That might be purposeful. Okay. And we'll get into that. Um, what is the detective's name? Siegel. Siegel. We find out that Siegel is um, searching for the girls, and he searches for them specifically at Daphne's house because he questioned the girls when Daphne had her accident, questioned them without their parents present, and, um, you know, that's illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's real strange. Again, considering they're not related, so they all would have had separate family members. Maybe, I think one of them has only a grandparent or something like that, Daphne right? lives with her grandparents. Right, but the other two, you, you got to say that they probably had parents or siblings or a aunt or uncle or somebody else who took care of them or whatever. Um, so it is strange that he's right. interviewing three young girls. So, um, yes. And then so he goes into the house to try to find uh, out if Daphne knows anything about the two girls. Because now not only are they missing, but they're also felons. I mean, felons. They're all um, they're fugitives, also fugitives on, the on the run because of the drug raid. And so um, he doesn't believe her when she says she's by herself. And he tries to go and search, but she's ad Daphne's adamant about a warrant, which is smart. Always make sure they have a warrant. Yeah. She, for being a crazy person, was actually pretty, like, she had a good plan of action of how to divert the cop. She was like, oh, fine. And I'll just go, you know, tell the town that the town crazy is uh, added again or whatever, you know, something like that. Right. Um, which is important. So, um, but in the meantime, Tilda and... I keep meaning to call her Svetlana. <laughs> uh, it's a very weird name. It reminds Petula. me of petals on a flower, I guess. Petula and uh, Tilda Pet are... Petula oblongata. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are upstairs. Yeah. I mean, going on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> are upstairs, but they are bound back to back. Yeah, this is where they were braided and together. They are braid their hair is braided together mm -hmm. and around them and keeping them restrained this yeah. whole time. I thought there was going to be more to that visual. Like I thought it just, it was a very nice I think it scene. was metaphorical. It was metaphorical. Because yeah, Because sure. it was the two girls were braided into each other and Daphne was kind of on the outside. So it could mean lots of different things, which I'll get into, but also right. Watching it the first time, not knowing how, what the outcome was going to be was, the two girls are very much intertwined and connected, but Daphne's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And That's again, to do like a braid, you need like three strands or three ropes or three women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think that, again, that was a good uh, visual metaphor for the movie. I do like, again, the title of the movie being Braid because it is about three women and their lives are intertwined. So that's a very, you know, that, that part of it was pretty cool. Um, there's so anyway, they kill the detective. Oh, wow. We're already there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Detective went left. So comes at some back. point, at some point, the, um, the homeless man that was outside the train station reports that he's seen the girls. He's uh, specifically Petula. Um, and he's seen them get into a car on whatever day. And that was the taxi that they saw, you know, going to Daphne's. And that's when the detective decides he's going to go, uh, and search the house one way or the other. But meanwhile, Daphne has, um, decided that she is kicking the girls out, um, because she needs to make room for her baby because, and 
she, you know, she's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> thinks she thinks she's going to she conceive. She thinks she's going to conceive. Well, there was a little lesbo scene earlier, which is why she thinks she can conceive because she had sex not with like a, a lot of nudity. doctor. Yeah, so the doctor supposedly fucked her, but they're yeah. both women. Supposedly she got pregnant. Right. Anyway. There's um, no nudity in this movie, technically. This movie, so Tilda atta- starts attack, attacking Daphne, saying, hey, you're fucking crazy. You can't get, you can't have a baby. Who would give you a baby? Who Who's the father even? And that's when Daphne goes, it's doctor, but that would have been Petula. So my whole time, I'm like, oh my God, is her physician raping her this whole time? And I thought it was going to go that way, right? Um, but it, that's when Petula gets up and she's like, I have, I'm, I'm the doctor. I'm, I have to talk she to you. She plays about, along with it. Yeah, she plays along and says, we have to take care of this baby because you're not going to be able to. So there's like this whole miscarriage scene. So that way Daphne can handle not actually having been pregnant. And meanwhile, Tilda's like, what the hell? And so they, anyway, they go through this operation room scene, whatever. And well, it looks like that. Aren't the two girls going to like the girls take are going her out? To, no, it looked like it looked like the girls were going to pretend to perform an abortion on Daphne. Okay. Uh, that's when the detective comes in mm-hmm. yeah. and, and starts to arrest the girls. And the mistake he made... I think this is when I when I said, uh-huh, I know what happens in the movie. The mistake he made was he turned his back on Daphne. Yeah. She then stabs him. She and Tilda snap and they just bludgeon him to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Petula is like taken so far aback she can't even move. She's she has no idea why they're doing that. Um mm-hmm. well is Pe- she's not involved in she it. She did at not that do time. anything. Right. Yeah. She just cowered there because she was freaked out. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there. Um, I think there was. Yeah, it was a very big bloody mess right there. Mm-hmm. They beat the shit out of him uh, pretty badly, and then they have this real. Uh, they basically go bury him in that same uh, mm-hmm. uh, little spot where the opening of the movie they is. Go, they, it looks like he's in bags, though. Did you notice I know, that? They like, cut him they in ch- three different bags. <laughs> yeah, they, they each had a bag of detective. And um, they bury him in that opening scene, but instead of it being three girls, it was three bags, bags of parts of parts. the detective, mm-hmm. Detective Siegel. Yep. They also have to get rid of his car. Mm-hmm. And at this time, now Daphne's all badass smoking cigarettes covered in blood. Tilda's all on board with Daphne now. And Petula's like, what the fuck? They have to ditch the car. They throw it in the river. But... Yeah, I was like thinking at that point in time, like what would they have done if the car didn't go all the way? In the river? It wasn't a river; it was like a lake or something. Like a pond. Or but something. what if it went halfway and just like half a police car is sticking out? Now I also had something to say about the police car because the police car to me was dating the movie in a very nineteen eighties, early nineties time zone. I'm glad you caught that. That's important. Because but there were phone; they had cell phones and shit. Yep. So I immediately was like, well, where are we? Like, what time are we in? Because it was like a 87 Caprice or something like that. It was a nice box Chevy or something. And I was like, the cop cars don't look like that anymore. They haven't looked like that for years. So, Though admittedly at first when you said that while we were watching the movie, I thought, well, it's probably just a small town. Yeah, but even small towns like now... If it's a 2019 movie, you know, most small towns. It's a 2018 movie. Either way, since 2000 and above, cop cars haven't looked like those box cars, like, for years. But that's important. (laughs) Okay. Um, So now, Tilda and Daphne are fully into this scene. Petula kind of is 
going back into it, she's definitely taking on the masculine role of the doctor. She's definitely, you know, it's the mother, the doctor, and the daughter, and they're living their life in this mansion. Um, however, Petula keeps getting flashes of, you know, trying to leave, and, you know, um, during the trip-out scene of the, the PCP trip-out scene, um, there was a time, there was a, there was a portion of that scene where she's, like, running through the house and opens the door, opens a door, and somebody gives cigarette burns her arm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that comes in. That kind of comes in at one point when she's like wakes up in the garden where everybody had been before and cannot find um, and wakes up and cannot find anybody. And um, that's when she supposedly sees the detective uh, coming at her. But he was like burned. Uh, And it was just, I guess, a figment of imagination because they cut him up and buried him. But then that's when that's when Tilda and Daphne come up to and say we just, and 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 say ha you found us but really did you feel that no it felt like it was like a shake maybe like a little earth tremor i don't know you know this land better than me but i felt like that was like a little you like, didn't fart no the whole couch felt like it just shook to me did i do this i don't know <laughs> um was he was that like a jump scare where the co- the cop yeah came that out? was yeah, a right. jump scare yeah. um but so tilda and Daphne say something that I thought was very important. And they said they were only hiding because sometimes they really just want somebody to be looking for them. Okay. And that's also important. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this is when Petula is trying to come right back out of it. And she's like, we got to get out of here. Like, what's going on? Like, what the fuck? She sees that in the mailbox, the phones aren't there anymore. Uh, it's open. It's wide open. And uh, inside of it, even, it's the little keychain that the detective had on his key ring yeah um and so she goes inside and she's like going crazy she's looking and looking and looking for some kind of answer to something she finds a diary and that's daphne's diary and it's going line by line of their whole journey and um like everything like the train scene and everything that's when we understand what the movie is yeah so there's a clear part in the movie where you see like you said, Daphne and uh, no, the Tilda. other one, Tilda, are now um, basically their their bond has become more, and Petula is the one on the outside. Whereas in the beginning of the movie, you think that Petula is really the one in control. She's the one who's like, "Fuck this, we got to do this." You know, she's the mistress. She's the you know all these little things that seems like she's the powerful one, and the movie starts to turn now where she's really sort of like the the victim i guess maybe in a way yeah i would say something like that mm-hmm. um i would say something like that um okay so this is what we find out we find out that yes it's all been a game but not just the house part but everything has been a game specifically the game is Tilda and Petula go out into the world every time that Petula tries to run away. So they create this bad existence somewhere else so that they have to come back to Daphne's house to feel safe. They feel safe, and then they go through this whole thing. They kill themselves, and then it starts all over again. Yeah. And that's what the movie is. It's like, what? (laughs) So, and that's what they've been doing. So... 
uh, Petula is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Daphne goes, check your arm. Oh, no, Tilda goes, check your arms. And she has, like, maybe 10 on each arm of those cigarette burns. And they said, every time, you get one every time you run away. Yeah. So, here's what it is. Tilda has to go out with Petula every time she feels the need to run away. Um, and she has to create some kind of bad life for them so that they have to come back to Daphne's house to feel safe or to get help or to something. And they punish her by burning her arm. Right. Um, but they have to play the entire game. Right. Yeah. So really we open up the movie where we think that, um, Daphne is sort of the, the loony one, the one who got injured and isn't mentally all there. But then at the end of the movie, we're starting to realize that it's not her so much, it's Petula. And I started saying, hey, this is probably one of those movies where you always like to say, what if it's all in their head? And that's when I, it wasn't necessarily all in one person's head, but maybe, actually maybe it was, you know? Like this whole Coco guy, they were like, have you ever seen Coco before? She goes, no. And the words that she started saying oh, while she was on the phone was like something Turns that out they could... Hit, she was on the phone with Tilda. Yeah, and then she could repeat her lines word for word because she's probably said this a million times before. And so now you start to see the shift in the movie where it's basically Petula who's the crazy one and not necessarily Daphne or Tilda. And they're sort of playing this game, I guess, with, with her mm. as opposed to the other way around. Mm. Um, so did they even really ever need the money? Was there even ever so, any money to begin still, with? There's still something else. What? Um, they play this game and yes, they all, they end up killing themselves. Daphne takes poison. Uh, Tilda slits her wrists in the tub and Petula hangs herself in her bedroom. Right? They die. Why they did that. That's where I start getting confused. Now. They die. Like I can understand Petula trying to kill herself because she realizes that shit was happening to her. But why did the other two kill themselves? And did they because really die? no one die? ever leaves. Be- and then next thing you know, we see time has passed and they're back at the mansion. And there's an old lady humming, row, row, row your boat. Like she's been doing, like, like Daphne's been doing or Tilda's been doing throughout the, throughout the movie. And... Tilda walks in, or you just hear the voice, her saying, Mom, I'm home. And then the doorbell ring. That means they have cycled again. And that the death scenes are not actually full death scenes. They're right. pretend death They're scenes. They're pretend or whatever. So it's that part like, confused me. So it's like they've gone so many times around that now they're elderly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that part so that's what confused the movie me is. a little bit. So the movie wants you to go away with... It's all a game, and they're just content living it over and over again, playing this cycle, because that's what they're doing. Like, that's how they, in the movie, they do touch on, this is safe, let's be safe here, but something in Petula doesn't want that. Do you think that Petula actually killed herself, and it was just Tilda and Daphne left, or do you think... No, because the doorbell rang, and that's how the doctor showed up. Oh, okay, so... But you want to know what I really think? Yeah, I definitely do. In the beginning. Okay, this is what I think happened. Oh, we do also see that do- the seag- seagull oh, right. is Seagull's actually... Acrylic paint. Acrylic paint brand. <laughs> Doc, uh, it was Seagull's acrylic paint. And when we see that when they're all kind of assim- uh, sim- assimilating to the situation, they're painting in the room. There's a dollhouse. The dollhouse do- has yeah. the little 
crack dungeon in it. It mm-hmm. ha- There's a train that continuously goes in a There's a little eight. toy car for the cop car there's and stuff like car. that. There's a, there's a stuffed police doll. Police doll, yeah. Like everything that they've gone through is inside their playroom. Mm-hmm. But the seagull is the name of the watercolor the, yeah, or whatever. The or the acrylic paints or, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I feel happened. It was all a dream. They used to read Word, Word Up, Up Magazine. magazine. <laughs> Salt and Pepper and Heavy D? Yeah, on the magazine. Oh, no, wait. Up in the limousine. In the limousine. Get it straight. Sorry, I'm not Who's that the much musician? of a... Yeah, but I'm not much of a Biggie fan. Go ahead. Biggie, hate me biggie, for, biggie, can't you see? <laughs> I'm Team Tupac over here, so... I mean, West, the, West, the, the East Coast, West Coast wars are long over. Long over, but Team Tupac all the way. Do you, did you guys ever have cassettes? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, shut up. <laughs> cassettes that were all Crip music and they were blue cassettes and then other cassettes that were, were all, all blood music right. and they were red? We actually Wait, didn't have the, the cassettes. South, so what no, the- so let me tell you, and uh, I did see those. They, they were not in cassette form when I saw them. When I saw them, they were in CD form. But, but they did have in the CD stores, like an all Crip album, an all Blood album. And then they actually had one where they were like unified together, where it was Crips and Bloods together. Was it purple? No, but Because equal amounts of pur- red and then equal amounts of, of <laughs> blue food coloring does not equal, it equals cement gray. Yeah. I never bought the albums, <laughs> but I was always fascinated by them when I would go to like Best Buy or the music really stores. Pretty. I remember uh, my friend who's now a reverend or a minister now. Used to be a Crip. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's like... We grew up together. Like, we went up to Audubon Middle School together. Like, we went middle school, high school. We went high school in the bougie side of town, but middle school in the hood. And we've had different paths in our lives. But let me tell you, that man is fucking hilarious. And he doesn't mind that he's a minister and I say fuck all the time. Well, I'm, you know, you can't control what other people say, but. I I think he gets a kick out of it because we're like so Because he probably can't say it right now. I mean, he probably could. Everybody should can. <laughs> sure, of course. Uh, I think you should. I think they're sentence enhancers. And I think that's the reason why I use them so much. Because sometimes you just need a really good fuck. But sure. in like a word. I mean, that too. Mm-hmm. Forget. Anyway, what I was saying was... Biggie. No. Okay, what was I saying? We were talking about the Blood and Crip albums. I didn't know that they... Well, I never saw them in cassette form. But I could imagine that one would be blue and one would be red. I do also remember in the CDs there was one where they were unified. And it was like they had a bandana where it was like tied together like half red and half blue. Yeah. Um, I forgot the name of the albums or whatever. But I I remember that existed. They were like trying to stop the, the, the street war and like unify the Bloods and Crips together. That um, was like Magic Johnson and Arsenio Hall rapping during the L.A. riots or singing during the L.A. riots. The song that I cannot find anywhere. And it was chill, be quiet, cool down, don't riot, chill, <laughs> silencio. And I'm like, OK, where the fuck can I find that? Because I haven't been able to find it. Uh, also, I haven't actually actively looked. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. what were we talking about? Braid the movie. Okay, so this is what I think happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the girls were little, there were three girls. Daphne lived with her grandparents, and I believe that they were abusive. Right. Okay. Um, and she may okay. So she either had friends, Petula and Tilda, and they were real girls. Or she, or they didn't, and they were always a figment of her imagination. Because even before 
even before the accident, it seemed like they were very cautious around her because she was sick, like in the mind, maybe. So I feel okay. that both, both, both options are, are, are going to lead to the same boat. Okay. So either these so, girls are figment of her imagination or these girls were her friends and then the accident happened and then they couldn't play with them anymore. You know what I mean? But this accident left her so traumatized because not only it's so traumatic to not be able to conceive, you know, it's so traumatic. Um, I had a lot of abuse growing up. We didn't think it would happen. I've had two kids, but I've also had like, no joke, like six miscarriages. Um, so it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, so it, it can be very traumatizing. What I think happened was if, if, if the girls left or whatever, Daphne got stuck in that time frame. That's why the cop car is an old cop car. Okay. That's why Siegel, I mean, it's not true, but you know, Siegel, that's why Siegel questioning the two girls without quote unquote girls, without parents or anybody present, um, couldn't have happened because those girls would have had to have a, a parent or guardian, you know? So all of that, so you think that it's very highly likely that this is all? I think it's all in, in her head. head. Either either the girls were her friends and they left, or she made them up. Because in her playing in the abusive household of, and I say it's abusive because we do see an interaction with her grandmother, and it's not exactly nice. And then those cigarette burns, and we know that the grandmother smoked. You know but what I mean? Cigarette burns were on Petula, not right? But Petula doesn't actually exist. Oh, if she doesn't right. exist, so okay. so um, she had to make friends within herself, within herself, within her own area. And in the courtyard, there's this little statue of three girls. So she thought three girls, that's what friendships are. So she made up three. She can't have children. So she's like, I need a child. And this is my husband. I mean, this is a doctor. The doctor is somebody she would have held in high esteem because the doctor's the constant in her life. It may have been the only person in her life that actually cared for her because her grandparents were abusive. You see what I'm saying? Wow. So yeah. the doctor would have been the one to care for her. Um, the doctor, um, the doctor would have uh, the authority or whatever to be able to, you know, to be like really give her that that sense of stability, a sense of of, um, of safety, right? Because she always the recurring request is safety in the, in the movie. Um, Tilda, when she's getting her reflexes checked, they don't move. Well, because she, she feels doesn't it exist. when she gets hit with the uh, it's because it doesn't exist, so they meat, have to go uh, to the <laughs> so they have to go to the extreme for it to work. But it's all in her imagination. Yeah, sure. you know, um, she even says that she poisoned her grandparents. She may have poisoned her grandparents because they were abusive. Um, but that explains a lot. That explains why everything is happening in this playroom, right? That explains why um, the the death and whatever, all that could be circulating, you're not going to like this, circulating around her period, really, right? Because she thinks she's pregnant, but then she has to have a miscarriage. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's really what your body does anyway. Like your body, oh, it's pregnant, pregnant, pregnant. No, we're not pregnant. Okay, blood. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so it could just be like counting the cycles of her period. Maybe. And that's how she's managing to cope with that. And then that's why, but then that's also why we see her all the way into her old age because she doesn't actually kill herself. And that's why the only thing that these girls have to eat is jello and oh, candy right, yeah. and, and, and sweets and sugar. Like that's all they eat the entire movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, and maybe. The, the maybe you're right. The sadistic tendencies could have just been um, memories or or some kind of you know remembering the traumas from her grandparents because there's even a part where there's a crib that she's holding Tilda in, but she's locked in. You know what I mean? So it's like, I I think it's all in her head. I think she created this universe to be able to help cope with her cycles. Um, And I feel like either Petula and Tilda existed and then were no longer able to be her friend because of the accident, or she made them up in the first place. Sure. Either way, she's, I, I guess it would also explain that crazy braid scene because yeah. that was very like and the unrealistic train. for it to happen. Because how, okay, and the train. And yeah. then also how did they happen to run away with the clothes that they had to change into to go to Daphne's and, excuse me, and how were they able to get the cab? Like they would have had to pay it and they supposedly didn't have any money. And how would Daphne <laughs> just let them come in? I, how does she not have a caretaker if she's mentally unstable, you know? Sure. How how would she maintain a household? How does she get groceries? How does she do anything? Yeah, I know. It was a lot of things that I was like, wait, what? So when they had the scene where she was, sure. like, they were all the girls were coloring inside the playroom, and they had all of the different, you know, clues about throughout the movie, it could also just be her being in that mansion still with a caretaker, but just her by herself. Sure, yeah. It was a pretty big mansion, too. Which for which one could person, have been an asylum. Yeah, for one person, it was a really gigantic house. It could have been an asylum. And that's the three rules, right? Uh, you must play. You everybody must play. Leave. Nobody can. Oh, wait. Everybody must play. Uh, no outsiders. And yeah. every nobody. And you, and you can't ever leave. Mm-hmm. Like, that would make sense to me. Never having been in an asylum, that would make sense to me as understood rules for somebody who is there sure yeah well um actually probably makes a little bit more sense to me now what uh talking about it with you um there were some good parts of the movie i don't know if it was that scary though no it wasn't scary there was okay what i liked about it and what i thought was 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 um the horror part of it was the gore because you do get like really good bloody shots you get good bludgeoning you get good um disfiguring you get good um you know uh suicide scenes you get good um you know just uh the sadistic elements of it are all there yeah it was missing some boobs but you know that's also it's okay so am i probably because (laughs) uh it was written by a woman who didn't want to necessarily put out just gratuitous nudity for sake of doing it no i know this movie was um but it's fun sometimes some I, when i saw um <laughs> i mean i mean the they were getting it uh, on in a nice little lesbian scene there you yeah, know but they were fully clothed i know that's what i'm saying but it could have uh <laughs> you know and i wonder how she like uh you know did the doctor like they just played you know scissors games or did they well, uh no she doesn't know she, what sex is right, because she's, she's never not, had it yeah, yeah she's never had it that's why she thought that them just kissing was sex right um, I don't know. There, there was a lot of things that could have been done a little bit differently. You know, um, my understanding was this was this director's first feature film. So of course they're still, you know, learning curve and everything. So I think, I think it was still really good. I think it's worth the watch. I think 
you're going to trip out even though now you know the ending of the movie. Yeah. I think now you can watch it and be like, oh, I see where that was. I see what she meant here. I see what she meant there. And you'll be able to tie everything together. Like I, I want to watch it a second time just to go back and say, okay, here are the lines and kind of like <laughs> conspiracy theory board and just do red lines and everything. <laughs> like it's it's a good movie. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, well, it was nudity, one. No nudity, no scary <laughs> monster, no serial killer, but seriously a good movie yeah it was better than a lot of the stuff we maybe stumble across and don't even pay attention to wanting to watch but this one was not something we had like we said earlier it wasn't set up nobody recommended it to us we were just browsing through and i happened to be the one to pick it you were sort of playing a home decorator on your phone or whatever it's and called then redecor <laughs> and then i was like huh what about this one and i just pressed play and uh I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's a good way yeah. of putting it. it. It was very, at some points, it was very fear and loathing. Mm, why so? Just the tripping out scenes, that they didn't make sense. See, but to me, fear and loathing got the tripping scenes more accurate. All of their drug scenes were more accurate. Okay, I don't know any of this, uh, but I'm telling you what it reminded <laughs> me of, okay? It also reminded me a lot of, um, actually, no, it reminded me of Train Spotters. Where everything was kind of like extreme, mm -hmm. um, and it's very much like Girl Interrupted when you start looking I don't at think it. I've seen that. Oh, um, when you start looking at it through the mental health aspect of it, it's very much like um, holy shit! Oh, you know, have you ever seen the movie? Um, what's that fucking movie? Sucker Punch. Um. Maybe, but the thing is, I don't remember a single thing about it. So, Sucker There's, Punch is a, it's an action movie. Yeah. And it's about these girls in an girl asylum. With like a, is she wearing like a Catholic school yeah. uniform? So, yeah. girls are in an asylum, but they escape the they escape the reality and they're kind of like trying to escape like danger yeah. and attacking things. And they're super action scenes, but really they're all just almost lobotomized in the, in the, in the movie. It's kind of, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, oh, you know the adventures you go on in your head and i think i think one of the taglines let me see oh reset my phone um i think one of the taglines was when you when you wake up do your dreams go to sleep and once after i saw the movie and i saw that that's when i kind of self-confirmed my theory um because it's like it points it right there. It's dreams. These are dreams. These are, this is not reality. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, pretty decent movie. Mm -hmm. eh, check it out. It probably will uh, be worth the watch. Absolutely. At least once. Um, again, better than some of the other stuff that's, that's out. I don't know. We, we're like, we like different movies at different times for different things, which is yeah. what it's all about. Um, this one happened to hit, um, it was it was a good hit for us at that moment because we needed something to watch. We, we, we needed something different for sure. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, you know, senseless violence and, uh, and gore in movies. But um, it was nice to see something that was so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. For sure. Um, did you want to say anything else about it or? Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Or wherever I or found Or Shutter, it. maybe. I oh. don't know. But check it out. I don't like Braid. necessarily paying for the movies if we don't have to. So I went Amazon Prime, free to me, 
and then I was browsing somewhere in the free section, and I'm not sure exactly which channel was on. Might maybe Shutter, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, is this a wrap for this one? I Are think we done? Is, I think we're done. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna be watching some maybe older classic '80s horror movies soon. I think, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of. Like, the 80s are so good for horror. Mm. Um, well, what it is is that we recently watched this four-hour extravagant documentary of all the best horror movies from so just the 80s. what happened was, I'm like, let's the watch 80s. this one movie and then I'll make dinner. And then we had to order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we um, yeah, what was the documentary called? Into the Darkness or something like Into that? Into the Darkness. It's actually really good. Yeah. And there's a part two coming out. Oh, really? Uh-huh. It's going to be probably movies of the 90s, maybe? Well, I hope so, but I think more 80s movies okay but well, it was pretty they good they hit most all of the best ones in this one four hours long they went through a lot of them you know mm-hmm. i mean it, a lot of the horror movies of the 70s were actually as we've known because most of the cool ones that we've watched on this podcast are from the 70s the 80s kind of got a little gimmicky and supernatural and yeah but you and, know and they, they had created like um what's it called uh not universes, but like. Oh, uh, uh, you're talking about sequels, one after another. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, what's the word you're looking for? That's what I'm asking you. Um, How do you not know the word I'm looking well, for? Well, it's not universes. They, uh, it's franchises. Franchises. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the 80s were more franchises. Yeah. Well. Although they never came out with a chopping mall part two. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, um, that's what the 80s Yeah, the 90s. Okay, for. so the 70s for me was more like what man can do to man. And then um, the the 80s were like, oh, shit, what is, you know, who is hiding there? What supernatural or what supernatural but kind of man is, is going to attack me and in what ridiculous way? And then the 90s were like so... Uh, the 90s, 90s horror 90s, movies 90s, sort of started yeah, to lose their Yeah, because you kind of did, you luster. kind of did like super meta, like, uh, like Scream. Mm-hmm. And then you also, but you also get like Blair Witch in there. And then, and, and you get like these more like supernatural, but also like. Um, a, a lot of the 90s ones didn't hit home runs. But at that time, I think the trend was starting to, to change. Just like Kung Fu movies, for example. They had their great run and they're still martial art movies. Are you kidding? Out, I watched but, 36 Chambers. Like, whenever I can. Right. But, I mean, they're not played in the movie theaters like they used to be back in the 70s or whatever. Well, no, because they don't play anything in the movie theaters now. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that AMC is going to be opening up theaters for, like, 15 cents uh, just to get people in the doors since of this whole COVID outbreak. No, thank you. No? You don't miss that movie butter popcorn? I do want to do Beyond Fest because they do drive-ins. I do want to do some drive-ins. Actually, I... I reserved four tickets for a movie on a boat in September, but they haven't announced the movie yet, so we might be go seeing something really shitty, which will be really nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. On a boat? On a boat. Because it's social boat. distancing, you know? How? The boat? So, like, imagine what, like uh, Echo one, Park two Lake, people right? to a boat? No, four. Okay. Imagine Echo Park Lake. And you know those little paddle boats? Maybe mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I'm just like, let me reserve it. It's free. And okay. so I didn't. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't imagine myself sitting anywhere in a confined space with other people because I know that I can be responsible for myself, but I can't, I, I don't have the ability to 
figure out if other people can be. And I don't want to try to run, have a Karen run in <laughs> because a- like life is good right now. And I'm like really hoping that stays good. Uh-huh. It will stay good as long as there are no Karens. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so I guess that's it for now. Yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun talking about this movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it was a happy it was a happy surprise. Like, good job. Yeah. So that's all I got for this one. Thanks for picking a good movie. You're welcome. Can't yeah. wait to watch the next one. Let's Absolutely. Keep moving so, on. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, please be sure to uh, give us a like and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode. Um, Tell a friend. Yeah. Put the notifications on, comment on. Do all of that stuff. Uh, um, we are reconfiguring some things and we're, you know, trying to figure out our scheduling now that things are kind of back to a new normal for us. Um, so things should be good. Um, please us, check um, out our... Sorry. It's okay. I was going to say send us your recommendations. You know, we're Absolutely. always up for it. If you know another one like this that we're missing out on or haven't heard of or forgotten about... Please, by all means, remind us. Send us uh, an email. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our email address is hello at icecreampodcast.com. Or you can check out our site, icecreampodcast.com, and, you know, submit a movie there directly. Uh, There's also um, all of our (laughs) social media. The handles will be in the show notes. Yes, as always. As always. We um, Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. If you enjoyed the movie, have you seen Braid? Can you braid? And uh, what movie you'd like to see next? Yeah. I used to have braids. I know. That's why I swiped right. (laughs) (laughs) I did it a lot when I was on stage. I felt like that the whole persona that I had, um, the kind of music I make, it was always about like guys with dreads. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like that was too cliche nowadays. You get like the rap rock group, the new metal stuff. Everybody's got dreads. So I was kind of like, well, I'll do the braids. Because I got long hair. Might as well do something with it. Yeah, I like the braids. I'd like to do the braids, but I can't do them on myself. Yeah. Um, it's just so hot. Like, I'm actually thinking of, like, shaving down the sides of my head, at least for the rest of the summer, because it is boiling mad right now. Oh, wow. That would be interesting to see. Well, I, I pull it off because I have so much fucking hair. I can just let it down and no, none, none's wiser. Okay. All right. <laughs> super uh, butch yeah exactly <laughs> I mean the girls like it <laughs> <laughs> it it was a trend I don't know you might be missing out on the time for that I think a lot of people went through that fuck. phase and are past it it is hot the whole Skrillex look I don't give a fuck it is hot right now and I have so much hair so much hair so I gotta do something I don't want to cut it short because then I feel like I look like Captain Hook Captain Hook. Yeah, like if I cut it here, like, you know, it was long, like, from, from wavy what? Like, hair. From like Hook? Peter Pan, the cartoon, oh, okay. the animated Peter Pan. And I always feel like if I cut my hair like that, I would look like Captain Hook. Anyway, catch yeah. you next time. <laughs> yeah. See you on the flip side, kids. Or, I mean, adults. <laughs> okay, right. bye. Bye.